my job is not to be a 911 hotline for my clients. That's not what they're paying me for. And if also I now cannot work on my business because I'm just acting like a 911 hotline, again, that doesn't serve my clients. I need to be growing my business. I need to be diving into my own growth, my own development, because those insights, having me walk first and pave the way is what they're paying me for. So I needed to create healthier boundaries between delivery and strategy, working on versus working in. Again, these are things that we brush off and we say we know, but oftentimes the things that are stopping us, like I said, if we can't handle what we've got, we're not going to get more. And that's why sometimes when we then go off to sell, in the back of our minds, we've told ourselves that having more clients is going to cost us because we're already at our dinner table answering messages. What's it going to be like when you double the amount of clients that you're working with? So we self-sabotage or we just literally don't want to sell at all because we've told ourselves that making more money equals more clients, which equals, again, less, more boundaries being violated. So I had to really work on that. So I invite you to look at where are some of the ways that you can tighten up your boundaries so that you have the energy and the capacity to hold more. We're surrounded with the message that entrepreneurship is the hard life, the stressful life, the burnout, hustling and pushing is par for the cause. And while scaling a business isn't without its challenges, I am passionate about showing women that we get to step into financial overflow doing what we love. I'm on a mission to not only help you scale your impact and your income, but also to support you in running your business in a way that allows you to reclaim time back to spend with the people that you care about most. Join me for interviews, trainings, and musings on sales and marketing and mindset because I'm a firm believer that our businesses grow at the same rate that we do. I'm your host, Naomi Powell, wife, mother, speaker, and business coach, and this is the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. I hope you're all doing well and just having a beautiful holiday season. Right now, it is so cold in New York. It's funny because we are guaranteed like a beautiful summers. I say beautiful summers. I love the summers here. Some people don't like the intensity. I love the summers. But we also have guaranteed like intense winters. And it's been so cold here in December. And we're not even in like the thick of it. Like January, February, which unfortunately is Michael's birthday. (laughs) Mine shortly after. It's always like the most intense that's when we get the snow and like it's just unbearable so even though I'm crying right now I'm just like oh my god we've still got months left of this to go but the upside is that we've been in like all the cozy vibes we've been baking we've been holiday music literally since like Thanksgiving holiday movies and just like soaking up all of the festive family time so it's been super fun one of the things that I love doing at this site at this time of year, and especially when you're kind of cozied up indoors, it's such a beautiful time to reflect. And recently, um, one of the women in my mastermind was asking me, like, what were the biggest lessons that you've learned this year? What are the big takeaways that you've had from this year? The breakthroughs, the eureka moments, the things that have really stuck with you. And 
it got me reflecting. I love doing this because I think it's so important for us to synthesize our learning, synthesize those breakthroughs, because it's so easy to forget it and continually make have to learn the same thing over and over again. So that whole embodiment piece is a really big thing for me. So it was a beautiful invitation for me to deep dive. And I ended up with pages upon pages of notes. And I thought it could be a really cool idea to bring some of those core lessons to you here on the podcast. So originally, I wanted to give you like five to seven. Guys, there's so much more than that. So I'm going to kind of race through because I don't want this episode to be epically long, which I always say, and then it is. But there was just so much considering just everything that's happened this year, the uncertainty, just so much that's come up. There was just so many takeaways. I literally couldn't keep up with all the, all the downloads that were coming through. Um, so let's, let's, let's dive in. So one of the biggest lessons that I learned this year is that audience growth is secondary to conversion. <laughs> audience growth is secondary to conversion. One of the things that I would constantly hear from all of the gurus is that your email list needs to be X amount in order for you to earn a certain amount of money. You need to have this many followers. You need to have this. So in the past, I would spend so long just focusing on the vanity metrics of the numbers. And that was almost like my permission slip. In order to step into this next income level, I was so fixated that my email list size had to be this in order for it to happen. One of the things I'm constantly now telling my clients is that we need to scrap all of the rules, all of the things that say this needs to be present in order for you to have X. Because when I reflect back, every all of my numbers have never been enough. I've never had the enough Instagram followers to make the kind of money that I make. I never had the email list size that everybody says. I made my first six figures with less than a thousand people on my email list. So I've really taken that to heart. Even with my Instagram, growth this year wasn't a big focus for me. And I was looking at the numbers, and I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. I actually have less followers now, December 2020, than I did in January 2020. But I have more than doubled my revenue and my net profit. I've taken home, personally for me, more money than I ever have. And all of this, despite my follower count actually going down, the lifetime value of my customers, so the amount of times they're making repeat purchases from me, has skyrocketed. The number of transactions has skyrocketed. The number of people we've served, whether that's with a $97 workshop through to my one-on-one, has expanded every single category of products from low, medium to high level investments, they've all grown. And this is with my audience not drastically growing. And the reason that I put that down to is that instead of focusing on audience growth for the sake of audience growth, I've really doubled down on conversion. I've really doubled down on messaging. What is the messaging that I really can go deep in that's really going to connect with the people that I'm here to serve, that's really going to support people in having the eureka moments, having those wins, 
that moves them along the customer journey and makes joining one of my programs an absolute no-brainer. It's something that they desire to be a part of. Focusing on that, the content that actually converts, creating intimacy, creating connection, positioning myself and really getting laser focused on who I'm trying to call into my business has worked tenfold compared to just focusing on audience growth. And I believe that that's part of the reason why my audience hasn't grown drastically this year. Because where before I was trying to be a catch-all, I wanted to create content that pleased everyone. So if you were a side hustler, if you were a product person, if you were this, if you were that, I wanted to be all things to all people. And that was actually having an impact on my conversions. I felt like I was spending so much time creating content, but it wasn't yielding the type of ROI that reflected how much time and resource I was putting into it. So this year, I actually pulled back a lot. I've been really consistent on stories. I have really pulled back on the feed crazily. Like my past self would have cringed at how how much I pulled back on the feed. Um, And I've allowed my funnels to kind of do its thing when it comes to my email list. I have so much content there. So I've kind of allowed my funnels to do a lot of the heavy lifting and then having these kind of injections here and there. But in terms of just output and creating new content, this year I pulled back so much more, so much. And I instead focused on showing up consistently in places like stories and it paid off so well. One of the other reasons why it pulled back is, yeah, I started being, this year I was just unapologetic about speaking to my ideal client. I was unapologetic about showing up in the way that felt really good to me. And naturally, when we start to do that, people fall off. They were used to you creating a specific type of content in the past, and they may not jibe with the new direction that you're going in. That's okay. That is absolutely okay. But you can see that sometimes we can in order to appease everybody, in order to maintain these numbers, in order to grow our numbers, our content becomes so diluted. And we have to remember that, again, I always say this here on the podcast, there is a big difference between content and content marketing. We are not creating content just for the fun of it. As business owners, as service providers, we're using content as a mechanism to get the word out about what we do and create desire, create conversions. Content marketing drives someone, inspires them to take an action. And when we're trying to be all things to all people, that's not happening. Someone may like, someone may put a heart emoji, but they're not in your DM saying, oh my God, I wanna work with you. And that's the difference. This year, I've really focused on connection, and going deep with my ideal client rather than trying to speak to everybody. So that was a really big thing. Another thing I learned this year was about boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And I'm going to go into this into in another point a little bit later, but it's worth just kind of bringing in here. Oftentimes we say that we desire to hold more clients, right? We're like, Instead of, I want to bring my groups from 
having five people to having 10 people, having 20 people, right? Or I want to have more one-on-one clients. I desire more of that. I desire more people in my membership or in my courses. I truly believe, and one of the things that I learned on such a deep level this year, is the universe gives you what you are ready for. And I think that this was one of the reasons why I used to feel a lot of resistance. I would desire calling in more people. I would desire to support more, but I wasn't truly able to have healthy boundaries with the clients that I did have. And it's funny because with one of my coaches from this year, she would say to me like, oh, Naomi, so this is another boundaries issue. This is another boundaries issue. This is really interesting. And it's only when she was reflecting back to me how many times I came to her with boundary stuff that I realized that actually this is a big area for me. How am I showing that I'm capable of supporting more people if I'm finding it really triggering and heavy navigating the people that I currently have? So what does that look like? So one of the things, if you're a client of mine, you're going to laugh because you know that literally (laughs) to explain everything, I always use a Beyonce analogy. So I'm going to do that now. So with my schedule in the past, and these are things that I've always known, but this year I feel like I've truly embodied. I would try and be all things to all people. So if somebody, even though my schedule for having client sessions was At this time, if somebody said, oh, well, you know, I'm on this time zone and that's a bit inconvenient. I don't want to be on a call at eight o'clock. Can we actually do it this time, my time, which would be like completely out of sync with my schedule, my my, um, childcare, my this. I would always try not to rock the boat. So I'd be like, yeah, sure. And then we'll be like frantically trying to make things work in the background. Or I would be working at times where it just did not work for me energetically. But again, I'd be like, oh, let me just accommodate. And everything changed. I was like, think about Beyonce. We are the Beyonce's of our business. If Beyonce wants to do that rehearsal for Coachella at nine o'clock, the dancers aren't saying, oh no, that's not, (laughs) they're there. Beyonce's at her best at nine o'clock to do rehearsal. So we're going to do the rehearsal at nine o'clock. As service providers, people are investing in us. They're investing in our energy. So we need to be showing up at the times where we are going to be giving our clients our best. And in me trying to pander to everybody's preferences, because that's what it is. It's a preference, right? (laughs) You're on the West Coast, so you don't want to be on a call before 10 a.m. That's a preference. In doing so, we dishonor our energies. I'm a morning person. Get me on a call in the morning, I'm going to completely over-deliver. Get me on a call at 5 p.m., I'm brain dead. I'm I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. So it was so hard for me to create the boundary because I thought that it was about me. I thought that I was being a diva, I was being difficult, when in actuality... In me pandering, I wasn't actually giving clients my best because I was on calls on all of those times where I wasn't really in my highest of energy. So the way that I was able to have this mindset shift was like, no, my clients deserve to have the best of me and they get the best of me within this time window. So if that's not available, if they can't do that, that's totally fine. 
but I'm going to stand in integrity with those times. That's what I need in order to show up as the best version of myself. And everything felt so much lighter. Another thing I had to really work on this year was navigating again this kind of people-pleasing tendencies. I would feel so stressed (laughs) because every minute my Voxer would be going, but like, bing, 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 bing. Voxer, for those of you who've never used it, is like WhatsApp audio where you can send voice messages. And again, it was never about my clients. They were never expecting me to be responding at nine o'clock at night, at six o'clock in the morning. And I know what it's like. Sometimes when you have ideas and it's at the top of your head, you just quickly want to get the message. It's like with email. You just want to get the email sent so you don't have to think about it. But I was behaving, again, trying to be all things to all people. I felt like I had to constantly answer. So I would be at my dinner table answering Voxer messages. I would have literally just woken up. (laughs) And the first thing I'm doing before I'm even having like breakfast and coffee with my family is answering lots of Voxer messages. And it felt so overwhelming. And again, the mindset shift that I had to make was my job is not to be a 911 hotline for my clients. That's not what they're paying me for. And if also I now cannot work on my business because I'm just acting like a 911 hotline, again, that doesn't serve my clients. I need to be growing my business. I need to be diving into my own growth, my own development, because those insights, having me walk first and pave the way is what they're paying me for. So I needed to create healthier boundaries between delivery and strategy, working on versus working in. Again, these are things that we brush off and we say we know, but oftentimes the things that are stopping us, like I said, If we can't handle what we've got, we're not going to get more. And that's why sometimes when we then go off to sell, in the back of our minds, we've told ourselves that having more clients is going to cost us because we're already at our dinner table answering messages. What's it going to be like when you double the amount of clients that you're working with? So we self-sabotage or we just literally don't want to sell at all because we've told ourselves that making more money equals more clients, which equals again, less, more boundaries being violated. So I had to really work on that. So I invite you to look at where are some of the ways that you can tighten up your boundaries so that you have the energy and the capacity to hold more. Another thing that I learned this year, even more than any any other year, again, I knew this, was really trusting clients' timing and really surrendering the process. And it's, again, this one is so hard, especially as heart-centered entrepreneurs. You can be on a sales call with someone and you're hearing their story, you're connecting with their desires and what they're trying to call into their lives. And then you become so emotionally invested to the point where you want to check your email all the time. Did they respond? Are they signing up? And when they kind of uh, get scared about the investment, they don't move forward because they're not yet ready yet. You're like, oh my God, because you know, like you don't have to be going through this. <laughs> Seriously, you do have to have the courage to take the leap. There's so much amazing things on the other side of your fear, but you see what that energy does. It feels so heavy. And then you tell yourself that that's okay. I care really deeply. So that's just a sign of that. That's healthy. And you get into this like weird codependency with 
potential clients or your existing clients, right? And so this year, I had to learn how to cut the cord. Another way that this comes up in terms of surrendering and trusting clients' process is that a lot of a lot of um, my students will say, like, it feels so heavy because people will be in my DMs and being like, oh, my God, I love you. I love your content so much. I can't wait to work with you. Or, like, can you send me the link to something? <laughs> and then they'll send them the link and then it's nothing. And they're like, so they constantly feel like there's this weird energy exchange. They're pouring into people and then they're not getting it back. What I've learned over the years, again, is that it's not our job to manipulate or try and be in control of your ideal client's journey. There's so many, <laughs> there were so many times in the past, I was like, oh my God, she'd be so amazing. But she just wasn't ready yet. She just wasn't ready yet to take that leap. And more so than ever before, I'm like, that is okay. I can celebrate you. I can be like, oh my God, I am so excited for the day that we get to work with each other too. And then literally cut the emotional cord. I'm not expecting anything. I'm not doing any of that. I trust that as and when and if it's the right fit and if it makes sense and when it's aligned, it's going to happen. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do any chasing. I don't have to do any following up. I trust other people's timings. And again, I've said this in podcasts in the past, you know, go back to the episode, I'll put it in the show notes about not chasing, not following, and kind of giving that space in the sales process. But also, when you're minding your own business, when you are focusing on all of the things that are in your control, you don't have to focus, you don't have any time to be worrying about the things that are out of your control. So my thing, whenever I've had those moments where I'm like, oh my God, but she'd be so perfect for that group and I have this desire to want to follow up, I'm like, no, I have to reconnect to myself in the things that are in my control. If I'm getting a little bit grabby or I'm feeling like I'm trying to manipulate the, 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 the timeline, I take a step back and I think of all of the ways that I can take action. So is it that I create some really compelling content that really helps navigate some of the th the fears that can come up? Am I facilitating mindset shifts? Am I, there are so many things that we can be doing. I can just be enjoying my goddamn life. <laughs> and again, embodying the result that I sell because our energy is our highest frequency. So that's why I'm always reminding my clients, like when you're in a launch period, that's your time to just be open and receive. It's not the time to be obsessing about how many people are in, my goal was this, but it's this many people. No, no, no. That's all time to just be open to receiving, living your life, being the embodiment of your own work. And this is something that I worked on a lot last year, but definitely I just, again, just integrated on a deeper, deeper level this year. Another big lesson that I learned was that I get to do it my way. I've spoken about this in the past on the podcast about this constantly feeling like you have to you have to follow blueprints in the industry. This is the way to do it. You have to do a, a webinar that's a funnel and then a, a bonus, a fast action bonus, and then the op like just all of the rules. <laughs> and it felt so incredibly restrictive. 
And this year, I decided that I am going to do it my way. I am going to enjoy the process. And I only enjoy the process when it's my own, when it feels authentic to me. Showing up and doing scary things in our business is challenging at the best of times, but it's even more challenging when it never felt authentic to you in the first place. So I was like, if I'm going to be confronted (laughs) with my triggers, my limiting beliefs, all of that kind of stuff, let it be in the pursuit of my desires. Let it be doing activities and launch strategies and content marketing strategies that feel really good feel really good to me. And a big part of that was about me learning to think for myself. It sounds so basic, but now that I'm on the other side of it, it strikes me how many people have just continued to give away their power and don't think for themselves, right? So you go to the coach. Do you think that this is a good idea? Do you think this business has legs? Do you think this? Do you think my ideal client would like this? And this is where I'm always saying, you need to be the expert. And if you're not, that's where you need to be focusing on. You need to be focusing on mastering your own skills. You need to be focusing on knowing your ideal client. It's not my job to know your ideal client. That's your job. So I can't tell you whether your ideal client will like this bonus or like this price. That's your job. And so often we don't, we want to bypass that work and we want somebody else to just hand us the results. We need to be able to think for them, think for ourselves. And one of the most powerful ways to do this, because you guys know that I'm always kind of combining the masculine and feminine. So I always start with the masculine and I look at the numbers. What is that my own data telling me? My, your data is always going to tell you what's what you should be drilling down on. Is this viable? What things are worth cutting? What things are worth going deeper into? Start with your own data. Start with feedback from your own clients. What are your clients telling you? Do you actually ask them or are you just guessing? Right? I'm not relying on someone to mother me and tell me what to do. That is not boss energy. That is not CEO vibes. You need to be the one running the ship. So now what I do with my mentors is that I've already decided this feels aligned, this feels expansive, this feels so exciting. Now when I'm getting into the nuts and bolts and the granulars, like this is what my plan is. Am I missing anything? Plug my blind spots. Are there things that I haven't um, explored enough. It's coming from that place. I have declared what feels good to me. I have actually given myself the space to look at the pros and cons to see, okay, what strategy feels the lightest and most in alignment with the way that I want to feel in bringing this into the world. And then I'm getting my, my coach to plug my blind spots because they've been where I have. So they know of some of the traps, some of the things that I just... I just wouldn't even know to ask, right? So I get them to plug my blind spots. I don't tell them, I don't ask them to tell me, should I do this or this? If you're constantly getting somebody else to tell you what to do, how are you ever going to run your business? How are you ever going to be empowered to make decisions? It starts with you. And again, don't just assume that people are right just because they've been in business longer than you. 
That was a big thing that I learned. And it was something that I learned last year off the back of my last mastermind. I had such a bad taste in my mouth at the end of it. And it was because I had completely given my power away. I didn't trust my own voice. I didn't trust my own instinct. So I felt like I was constantly being pushed into strategies and approaches that just felt gross to me, quite frankly. But I had to take responsibility for that because I wasn't courageous enough to be like, no, this is what feels good to me. I just now need you to help me put meat on the bones for this. I want to quickly pause today's episode to invite you to join us in the Grow With Intention membership. This monthly coaching container is the place for online service providers ready to grow their business to the six-figure mark without overwhelm or hustle. The strategies I'm teaching every month in the membership are the exact strategies I've taught hundreds of clients, strategies that have helped countless women break the six-figure mark and beyond. I am collapsing time for you, sharing all the things you need to know to grow your online service business with ease. It's the first time I'm making these strategies available outside my high-level one-on-one and mastermind program. Every month in the membership, you'll get live trainings on topics like sales, marketing, strategic partnerships, and of course, mindset. All the things you need to know to break that next income level. Every month, you will get a live content audit from me where you'll get feedback on your sales material, social media channels, and your copy. So there will never be a time where you don't know what to say to convert your subscribers and followers into paying clients and customers. Every month you'll get a live Q&A call where you'll get all of your questions answered, not to mention hot seat coaching and daily support and prompts and accountability in our private Slack channel. If you know that now is your time, that you are ready to cross that next income level and step into that big vision, head to the show description for the link and come and join us. So I want you to reflect, how are you giving your power away? How can you claw it back? And again, it's that sometimes we're so busy just trying to do everything that we don't give ourselves the space to think. So like I was saying, I'm looking at the pros and cons. I'm like, what is the overarching strategy? What would be the best way to do that? Okay, I could do this, but does this actually give me the ends that I'm trying to do? Or does it actually more, it's better suited for this type of purpose? I spend a lot of time doing critical thinking. I don't just make rash decisions. Oh, I saw somebody else do that. Oh, that looks great. Let me do that. No, and I think one of the biggest problems I see with business owners is that there's everything is so rash dash. Oh yeah, that looks like a great idea. That person said that they had this level of launch, so I should do that. There's no critical thinking. And that's why you're constantly chasing your tail and asking somebody else to validate you and looking to other people's businesses for your pricing, for your strategy, for your this. No, create your own strategy first and be inspired by other places, but start it internally. And also just, again, it's the personal growth. It's the ability to lead yourself, right? I would say to myself, if I, it's so easy to keep saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) Instead, I say, if I did know the answer, what could that possibly look like? Or if I couldn't fail with this, what would I do? And again, with that critical thinking, I would start to get so many downloads when I started asking 
better questions. And that's why this year I have been selling more than I've ever sold in terms of like doing launches and marketing campaigns and all of that kind of stuff. But it's honestly felt the lightest it's ever felt because there's never been rigid rules like it has in the past. So again, just riffing on what I said about boundaries, my capacity to receive has been so much greater because I've just been enjoying the process because it's been my process. Okay, next. Something that I've known, but I've got even better at this year is being really crystal clear about who the right clients are for my coaching containers. I declared this year that I am not available for the wrong fits. And in the past, sometimes it would be an instinctive thing. Like something in me is just like, ah, this person is a beautiful person, but there's just something about the energy that feels off. And because I couldn't articulate it, I would always discredit it. Like, Naomi, but you, you know, on paper, you can help them. Like, what's the big deal? And it would always those exchanges would always feel really heavy. They would always just feel off. I wouldn't be ecstatic about working with them or I'd feel like I'm carrying them or there would always be something that just made it a less than amazing experience. And again, I had to overcome the limiting belief that a bird in hand is better than two in the bush. Like who are you to say no to somebody that wants to pay you? And I think many of us, believe that. So we take on clients that are not quite right because it's like, again, it's a scarcity. I The scarcity idea that I have a client in front of me, why would I say no? And now I really, <laughs> it couldn't be further from the truth. I am so connected to the, the knowing that there are tons of people that I can support. There are tons of people right now who are dreaming about joining my programs, who are shifting things to make that happen that there are tons of people I'm going to make magic with so knowing that why would I ever make an exception that doesn't feel right for me or potentially for the client because it's not the right fit we can have everything on paper chemistry and energy is so important and again timelines just because I can help someone, if they're not ready, it doesn't mean we need to start. I can trust their timeline, right? And that's why we have to, to be the empowered service provider. We have to be empowered first. We can't be calibrating at this low level of lack and things like that, again, in order for us to have quantum leaps and really grow and do it in a way that feels good. We have to lead ourselves through those times where the limiting belief comes up, right? So we can really call in more and feel good in doing so. So with me, especially when it comes to having more boundaries about who I work with, one of the things that I would fall guilty of is like mothering, getting into this mothering energy. And now I had to really raise my standards. And my coach really helped me with this. That she's like, you know, I'm someone who leads themselves. I don't need someone to handhold me, to make me, <laughs> to make me follow through. And that's another thing that I'll go into in a moment. Like it would be something that my coach says in passing. 
And I'm like, yep, I'm gonna do that. By the next time that we're on the call, I've done it. This year, I have taken the drama out of taking action and I've moved fast. I have not wasted time. Does that mean I haven't had wobbly moments? Absolutely not, I'm human. But I haven't allowed that to stop me from showing up. So can you see what's happened? Because I've raised my expectations of myself, because I am embodying this woman who leads herself, who follows through on her word, who is in integrity with their desires, it's empowered me to be able to raise the standards of who of what I expect from my clients. So now I am not available to have to mother someone into taking action. If you are not ready, that is totally fine. We don't have to, this isn't the right time. And that is okay. So outside of that, it's also about, (laughs) and this is something that I worked on a lot, but I was really proud to see myself really embodying this year was again, just with this whole thing of being clear of who the ideal client is, is about qualifying people even more. So there've been times this year where I've had people who've wanted to join my one-on-one, but they've had a novel business challenge. And one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the years is that novelty is the enemy of profitability. So it would be, for example, like a product-based person has come to me. And as much as in the past I've helped product people, the level of which I can support a service person (laughs) compared to a product is just night and day. So product, product businesses aren't my focus. They're not my avatar at all. Where in the past, I'd be like, oh, but I can help you with this. I can help you with that. It doesn't matter that you're a product product business. Now I'm very, very clear on, I work with coaches, I work with consultants, I work with service providers, and I work with them on very specific things. If this is not the areas, then I'm not now going to learn about the specifics of your niche, the specifics of your industry, in order to be able to take my principles and apply it to what you do. Novelty is the enemy of profitabilities. And that's why we want to have offers that are established, that are proven, that have efficient systems. That We have systems that we've built that do the heavy lifting. We can't do that when we're solving novel problems because all of the infrastructure that we've built kind of goes out of the window because we're now trying to cobble things together in order to cater for something that our business doesn't is not built to cater for. So I knew that, (laughs) but it was so cool for me to see myself honoring my word. And again, just stepping into this abundant mindset that even though I could potentially help them, help them, I know that it's going to slow my business down. I know that there are people who are far better (laughs) at tackling that problem than I am. So I would much rather recommend somebody else than diluting my focus. So that was a big one. Another lesson for me this year was about pricing. Pricing, pricing, pricing. It's one of those ones that always comes up. So more so than ever this year, it's taken me less time to raise my rates. And what would happen in the past was that I am growing, I'm evolving, and my prices were always so far behind the results that I was 
providing my clients and the the, the caliber of co- coaching that I was now able to provide by virtue of those of the, the work that I was doing on myself. I would have to, I'd, kn- I'd know that, okay, now this is where the price should be, but it would take months and months of like having to build myself up in order to have the courage to do that. And this year, I just was no longer available for that. I decided that my job was to declare, my job was to decide, and integrity with my pricing was everything, needed to be everything. Why am I going to be in integrity in all of the other parts of my business and this is a part where it's not? Again, do you see how we can say, I want to make more money, I want to increase my income, but your, your pricing is so out of integrity with the value of what you do. Again, your thoughts, your beliefs, your actions have to be in integrity with what you are trying to call into your life. So oftentimes when we're in an income plateau, it's because we need to get all of this shit in order. We need to clean all this stuff up. And I knew that in order for me to step into this next level, this was definitely an area that I had to work in. So instead of kind of umming and ahhing and second guessing and just like indulging all of the mindset drama about raising my rates, I did something different this year. And I said, I'm going to quantify what the price should be based on all of those things I'd mentioned. And then I was just going to set the price. And one of the benefits of being able to, you know, I have a really well-funded emergency fund. I have a really profitable business. So I have a cash cushion. So one, I would remind myself, you're safe. So you don't have to use your pricing, comfortable pricing that's not actually an integrity in order to get safety. And forget that safety doesn't come from savings or whatever. Safety comes from my ability to create value, to create offers that people want to buy. So that's an aside, but an important one. Instead, I was like, yeah, I'm going to set the price and then I'm going to allow the mindset drama to be there and I'm going to continue to move forward. I don't have to work on all of the mindset drama first before I raise the rates. I'm going to raise the rates anyway. I'm going to move forward anyway. And then I'm going to lead myself through the process, right? And I committed to becoming the person who can sell at that price, who is not triggered when they're sharing the price, who is like, oh my, you know, you have that like, oh my God, of course this is the price. But when it comes to the way that you market it, you're still second guessing yourself. I needed it. I needed to be able to, I was committed to becoming the person who was no longer triggered by that. And that became important. And I said to myself, I'm okay with it taking me a while to convert someone at this price. Totally fine. I'm cool with that. Because I would much rather take a while, fine tune my skills and become the person that gets to, has mastered selling at that level, rather than staying with prices that are out of integrity for me, because it feels safer and because I could probably secure a few clients. Landlocking your time with prices that are out of integrity, where you're lowballing yourself, is not a way to scale. Now you have no more time to make more. 
and you knew that the price was not <laughs> was not right. So you can see again how we can stay at a financial threshold for longer than we need to just because we're afraid of raising the rates and doing the work to master our skills and master our mindset to become the person that gets to charge at that level. So that was a game changer. And in doing so, I, it was crazy. I, never, I didn't have any money objections because as I was showing up differently, as I was showing up as the person that gets those clients, those results, I had the social proof, I had all of that. For new people coming into my world who were inquiring about working with me, it was like, oh yeah, that's, that's kind of what I expected the price to be. So can you see that sometimes, you know, when people are just saying yes so easily, it's because with the way that you're showing up in your results, they're expecting the price to be higher, but you, your mind hasn't caught up with the reality of where you are and just how far you've grown. So that was a really big thing for me. Another lesson in 2020 was about the power of energy. Energetics in business. Last year was a lot about strategy and action and doing. And then after I had Atlas, I really started leaning more into the energy side. But I feel like I took that to a new level in 2020. It's not about doing the motions. It's not about, oftentimes I'll have clients ask me, so when you had that launch, how many, how many emails did you send? How many stories did you do? How many this? How many that? Like, as if the amount of times I showed up was the thing, or how many emails I sent was the thing, or how many whatever was the thing. So just to see again how we just want someone to tell us what to do. Oh, so you emailed three times? So, okay, so, so long as I email three times, I'm going to get the same result. It does not work like that. How many times have you joined an online course? You've taken their swipe files. You've done the webinar methodology, like they said, step by step. You've literally taken theirs and it's fallen flat. It hasn't worked for you. It's because step by steps, yes, it's important, but to a certain degree, getting the results comes from the energy supporting the actions the energy supporting the doing work. No level of action can compensate for the energy being off. So if you are saying that you are, you want to have this launch and whatever, but the whole time you're panicking, are people going to buy it? Are people going to do that? Are people going to invest? Um, but what if I don't have enough? I've only got four people, but I really want 10 people. Let me just check my email. Did anyone sign up? And then you're going out into your Instagram stories being like, I am so excited about this launch. There's a lack of integrity there. <laughs> your energy is off. Your energy is so low vibe. You're telling yourself that you failed, that you failed already. <laughs> you're just doing the motion. And again, I see it with clients all the time. Oh, Naomi, I'm in the middle of this launch. Is there anything else that you think I should do? Do you think I should do this? Just feel that energy. When you're marketing, they don't know that you're in this frantic energy of like grasping and like hoping that people join, but they still don't sign up. And then you're going to say, but I feel like I did everything. I did this many emails. I did this many lives. None of that can compensate for your off energy. 
they felt that your energy is your number one most powerful currency. I remember looking back last year on my numbers and I could see that when I was at my happiest, I made the most money. Last year, 2019, I gave birth to Atlas in July. July was one of my highest revenue months. Guys, I'd just given birth. I was literally hardly showing up. But when I did show up, it was from a place of my tank being so full. It was from a place of me being like, I want, I have so many breakthroughs. I have so many eureka moments. I have so many things on my heart that I just cannot not share. That's why I'm showing up. It's not because I'm just doing the motion. When I am in love with my life, when I am in love with my work, when I'm so in integrity with what I sell because I am embodying it in my own day-to-day, I don't have to show up a hundred times. And that's why, like I was saying in my earlier points, I've, I've created less content this year than I have in any other year. But when I do it, I do it with intention. I do it because I want to. I do it because I'm so connected with what I'm saying. And that's why this year more so than ever, I've had people DM me and being like, I know you've said that before, but like you just said it today and it just hit different. And my friends, this truly is the difference between, again, content that's just there and content that converts. People can feel your energy. People are magnetized to your energy. And especially as service providers who, naturally, we have to be ahead of our idle clients. They're buying into our expertise. When we show up magnetic, when we show up connected to what we are doing, when we are embodying the results, when we are just leading by example, by the way that we are being, People are inspired to want to calibrate up to that energy. And that's why that calibration, wanting to be in that space. I told you when I signed up with my coach, I was like, oh my God, she's magic. She is literally magic. I just want to be in her energy because I know there's no way that I will not level the hell up by being in her energy. But she had to show up as that in order for me to to desire being in that space. And that's where all of the desire comes from. So many of us are so triggered by selling because we see selling as this thing that I'm selling to someone. And I always say, people do not like to be sold to. They like to buy, (laughs) right? We like to buy when somebody makes us feel something when somebody builds that desire, when somebody leads by example, and we're like, oh, I want that. I want that too. We only create that in our energy. It's not about the amount of times that you show up. And there were times this year where, of course, I know that. That's why I'm sharing it with you. And even I would be wobbly and I would be triggered by the fact that I haven't shown up in a while. And I'd be like, oh my God. And I'd have to reconnect myself to be like, no, You don't call in soul clients from that frequency. Get it together, girl. Put those big girl pants on and lead yourself. I want to go back to the point that I was saying about that big learning about I go first, showing the universe that I'm ready now, focusing on who am I being. And I really reflected this year on 
this we use this term all the time quantum leaps quantum leaps what does a quantum leap actually mean quantum leaping is collapsing time right acting as if so the thing thinking believing actions are all aligned with what you're calling in it is that radical integrity piece so again i had to really explore that so i've spoken to you about it in terms of like pricing boundaries but i really had to look across the board so one of the things that i'm really excited about is is scaling next year to a million dollars and i talk about it and i declare it and i share it here because i think it's important for us to demystify these numbers but i was saying to my mastermind clients that (laughs) that this is something that i've desired for a while and it just hasn't happened and you know, at times when I was designing it, I was nowhere close to that even being like within my realm. And I, I was saying to them really candidly that I had to reflect and say to myself, if this is something that I've desired for a while, why is it taking me so long? Because like I saw when I was going from 20k months to 40k months or five figure launches to my first six figure launch, the strategy was not different. It was just the way that I was thinking was different, right? I was allowing it to happen. I was leading myself. I was doing the inner work. So if this is something that I've desired, why why has it not happened yet? Why has it taken longer to happen? And I realized it's because I needed to clean up a lot of this stuff. And that's why we often have income plateaus or, you know, you've what was once your dream is now your reality, but then you feel like you're kind of stuck there. You wanted that 10K month and then now all you do is have 10K months and you're not going to the next level. And it's always because that level that you're in, that 10K month is now who you are. You think like that person you've up-leveled your business, so it operates like someone who can have that consistency. Like, So that's wired into you. But the next level is not wired into you. So in order for you to get there, you have to clean house across the board. Do you have the systems to hold making double the amount of money? Do you have all of those things in place? And that's why I really had to had to clean house and look at all of the ways where there were opportunities for me to grow. I don't never think of it as like, oh, all of the ways that there are problems. I'm like, where where can I lean even further into my embodiment? Where can I, where is there some opportunities for me to grow and develop? That's why running a business is like the biggest vehicle for evolution and growth, right? So for some of you, it may be, like I said, that you're, you say that you want more sales, yet you get so triggered in talking about your offer. You don't mind doing the value, value, value in your content, but you bury the call to action, right? You do an email that's giving lots of value and you're like, P.S., by the way, you can book a sales call, a discovery call with me out of integrity. You're not showing the universe that you're ready for more because you're afraid of even talking about your offer, right? Or it could be you who says that you say that you want to be a team. When you envision envision the you of next year, you see yourself being supported and doing all of this stuff, but you get triggered by making an investment. So that shows you the gap between where you are and where you want to be shows you where the work is. For so many of us, we literally have to be in pain before we take action. It needs to be that we only get the VA when it's like, oh my God, there's no other way. I'm about to like fall out of love with this business. I'm about to close the doors. 
That's not rising to the level of our desires. That is pain pushing us to take action. So how do we expect that we're going to have quantum leaps in our results when for us to take action, we have to be forced to do so? We have to be so uncomfortable in order for us to do so. No, we need to get clarity on the vision and then we have to have leaps of faith in the direction of that North Star. You need to raise your standards. No wishing, no dreaming, no efforting and half work to compensate for a lack of faith. Okay, so another thing that I learned this year is about the power of separating myself and my business. And it's hard as service providers, especially as coaches, we are our business, people invest in us. But as we desire for our businesses to mature, the way that we run it needs to mature. And as people, we need to mature too. So last year, a few years ago, if I was having a wobbly moment in my life, I wouldn't show up consistently. The newsletters would stop going out. I'd take a detox from social media. I would do all of this, this kind of stuff. Or I wouldn't launch anything because I just wasn't feeling like it. I wasn't in the mood. I wasn't feeling in that place. No, no. This is where we have to put our big girl pants on and we have to mature. If we want our business to mature, we have to be showing up as mature adults <laughs> for our business. And I want to put a very clear caveat. We are human beings. We are allowed to have wobbly moments. We are allowed to have wobbly periods while, and the while is important, while simultaneously running our business like it's a business. I have navigated a lot of challenges this year. Just the part and parcel of life, right? But what I've been really proud of is that I've managed business. I've run my business like a business. I can feel whatever is going on in my life. I never expected, for example, that I wouldn't be able to fly home back to London this year. And having a toddler who the last time my family saw, he was three months old. And probably the next time they see him, he'll be closer to two. And being pregnant now and being so far away from my mom, my family, not having any support. We live in New York City. A lot of our family family on Michael's side are spread out across the country. So we're pretty much alone here in New York. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And I'm able to set, like honor so much of the things that's going on in my personal life while separating it from my business. When I step into my office and I close that door, I'm in CEO mode and I run my business accordingly. So if you were a shop owner, you wouldn't just close up shop just because you're having a wobbly moment. Again, it's about raising your standards. If you were having a wobbly moment, you wouldn't just stop going into your nine to five job. <laughs> you would have to learn how to lead yourself through whatever it is that you're going through while showing up for your day job. So why would we treat our business with any less respect. Sit with that. Why would we treat our business with any less respect? Because otherwise, can you see how it's constantly a stop start? And I would experience this all the time. I'm really engaged. I'm really inspired. 
I'm feeling it, everything is great, my income, up, 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 up. Then I'd have a wobbly moment and then it, I'd retreat. I wouldn't do all of the things that I know work, right? Because I'm having a wobbly moment and then everything would go down. And then I'd make myself feel bad. I'd feel really crappy. And then I'm like, oh my God, what was working again? And it would require so much effort to restart all over again. So compound interest never had the chance to work. Momentum never had the chance to work. Momentum takes time to galvanize, but it can go away in a moment. So instead, I really ask myself, so first of all, it's about just being a grown-up and being mature and giving your business the respect it deserves and raising your standards. But also, I, I try and ask myself, what do I need? How do I need to pour into my own cup? How do I need to nourish myself? How do I need to take care of myself so that I can be consistent in my business? Because me having ups and downs and ups and downs and bringing those ups and downs into my business, that's not good for business. So this is, again, where taking care of yourself is one of the most powerful things you do, right? So even this idea of like, sometimes my clients will say, oh, so work really hard and then we can have like a long break, work really hard. I'm like, why don't you just incorporate breaks and rest and nourishment into the way that you run your business all the time so you don't have to take all of these breaks because you're exhausted because that break is not rejuvenating. You're recovering. There's a big difference between rejuvenation and then recovering. It's like, you know, those weekends or those days when you've had a lie in and it doesn't even feel like you've had a lie in because you're just so exhausted. We don't want the periods of break to be like that. We want it to be that we're constantly nourishing ourselves. So again, we're protecting our energy and showing up in our most magnetic, wonderful light. You can see the difference. Okay, I want to quickly whiz past because of course this episode is getting really long. But just a few things to just quickly whiz through is that I also navigated this whole mindset that if I broke through into a new milestone that, oh my God, what's going to happen now? How am I going to recreate it next month? All of the mindset drama. How many times you actually achieve something that you've always wanted and then you start to discredit it and you're like, I only was able to do it because somebody paid in full this month or I was only able to do it because I was on that podcast episode and I had lots of people come through from that. How on earth am I going to replicate it next, next month? How many times do we sabotage ourselves? We don't even allow ourselves to savor the moment. We instantly default into why it's not possible for us, why it was a fluke. This year, I was like, hell no, up and up. Experiencing it once is evidence that that's my new minimum. Let's roll. That's it. And it changed everything. I was like, this is amazing and it gets to be even better. It gets to be even better. So you can see you naturally start to show up in a way that's different right? Energetically now that becomes your new minimum, right? So raising your standards, raising your expectations, raising your idea of what is possible for you doesn't happen accidentally. You have to choose thoughts and beliefs that support that. And I feel like I've done that in a big way this year. Um, strategic things, selling things unapologetically, not being <laughs> worried about pissing people off about selling my offers, this year, I was agile. Like I said, when I had an idea, 
when I saw an opportunity, when I was looking at my data, when my coach reflected something back at me, I didn't take a long time to, to execute. I took the drama away from execute, executing. I moved fast and I rolled things out fast. I allowed myself to get real-time data and insights by virtue of doing it. This year, I focused on my business model. No one-offs. No, everyone else is doing a Black Friday offer. Everybody else is doing a challenge. No. I was like, what's my business model? How can I continue to sell the same things in really innovative ways? But the business model had to be scalable. So not getting distracted by shiny pennies. Not creating catch-all offers to be all things to all people. Going deep rather than going wide. Um... I learned about the power of the Ascension model. How do you splinter out all of the amazing things that you do in a way that makes people excited to continue to buy from you? That was a game changer for me this year. I made a commitment to monthly recurring revenue this year. I was continually thinking about what marketing moments can I do to support my existing offers, offers that are built for monthly recurring revenue. I delegated this year more than I ever had. I really protected my time and was like, anything that I, somebody else can do, even if it's something that I do well, it doesn't need to be for me. I became very clear on the parts of my business that I needed to treasure, that I would get the exponential return on the investment by virtue of doing it. And I stepped out of the, like, all of the beliefs that, like, I'm the only one that can do it. I allowed myself to be supported, not only in my business, but also in my personal life. So that meant getting childcare, getting more help in the home, all of that, asking my husband for the things that I really needed in order to show up in both places as the best version of myself. I tested this year more than ever. I didn't just create something and then move on to something else. I looked at the numbers. I made tweaks. I pivoted. I streamlined everything. I embodied this year more than I've ever embodied Instead of focusing on the sexy marketing talk, I focused on me being the best example of my work. One of the best compliments that I ever get from my clients when they start working for me is like working with me is, oh my God, you really do, you really do what you talk about. Like you are so insanely in integrity with you. Like you, you do the thing. And that's a big thing for me because I think one of the ways that our industry is being discredited is that you have a lot of coaches selling growing a business, selling growing this, who are actually struggling behind the scenes. You know, they've listened to the podcast, they've listened to the things, and they're kind of regurgitating it, but they haven't embodied it. And I know it because there were certain things that I knew intellectually, but I hadn't truly embodied yet. And that's why when you go to sell it, when you're talking about it, it just feels off. I'm so proud that I am constantly committed to my own evolution, my own growth. And that has, that has really enabled me to show up with so much integrity in my marketing 
because it's coming from that place. And I've been able to hold space for my clients when they have wobbly moments, when they have challenges too, because I have processed all of it. I have gone first. I am the best example of my own work. And that's been a real focus for me. And it's definitely changed the the types of women that I'm attracting. So that's been a big thing. Um, yeah, I'm not theorizing about every, anything. I've done it. So I can sell from a really, really powerful place. So <laughs> I am going to stop there because I feel like this episode has already gone on for so long. But I hope in some of those lessons that I've shared, you've had things that you can, that have really sparked you being able to reflect on how you can implement some of those things, how you can take action on some of the things that I mentioned and also just starting to get your creative juices on some of the biggest things that you've learned. Because when we synthesize our learnings, that's when things just get better and better and better because we're compounding on that knowledge. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode. This is our final episode of 2020. And I just can't wait to connect with you and bring you even more episodes in 2021. So wishing you a wonderful, wonderful Christmas break. And I'll see you on the other side. So that's it for this week's episode of the Lifestyle Edit podcast. You can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up. Thank you.